thank you. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, the final rankings update before I go on a week's vacation. I'll still be updating the actual rankings list, which you can find in the description and the comment section of this video and podcast. No worries on that end. If news actually breaks, then all of a sudden you can just go hit that and boom, I'll be updating anytime any serious news occurs. Because I know, like myself, which I'm traveling to go to, a lot of drafts this weekend. I'm doing like four this weekend. Try to keep them all to the very end. And if you missed out on our talk about Andrew Luck and Ezekiel Elliott, all guys whose status have haven't changed since last week. I suggest you just go check out Friday's show when Jake and I talked about all of this. Everything remains the same unless it hasn't. I mean, for me, it has. I haven't changed my rankings since last Friday as it pertains to those specific players. We went over when you should draft them, the risk factors that go into it. So I'll ask Jake when he's on the line here in a second whether or not that he's changed his opinion. Maybe an Antonio Brown because we'll start with him. But I do want to let people know that they can get into a draw for 20 DK dollars by doing a few things. Separate draws. One, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings hand in the comment section tell me when you would draft what pick would you feel comfortable taking antonio brown if you were drafting this weekend also if you subscribe and then download the shows review rate five stars on itunes the pat mayo experience audio podcast leaving your DraftKings handle in the comment section and then saying something nice about the show you're in a draw for 20 dk bucks also if you follow me on instagram at the pme and give jake a pity follow too at all in kid whenever you see something football pop up on either one of those feeds leave your DraftKings handle and boom you'll be in the draw for 20 dk bucks as well uh as a programming note although i am going on vacation like i mentioned i will be updating my rankings list in case any big news happens someone gets hurt in the third preseason game maybe i'll do an emergency pod whatever but i will have a full slate of shows coming out nfc win totals afc win totals we'll have a full DraftKings nfl strategy session next monday the custies are coming up there's a cuss corner mixed in there if you play if you love mtv's the challenge we got an mtv the challenge fantasy league so just Keep up to date on what's going on with all the videos and all the podcasts. You can figure everything out. And I do want to mention that GupsCorner.com is running a spread pick'em contest, the Super 7. If you go to GupsCorner.com, you can go play in that. I'm playing in it. Jeff's playing in it. Paul's playing in it. Cust is playing in it. Come take us on and embarrass us. And there's a lot of money to be won if your spread picks are good from weeks 1 through 17 this year. And if you want to become a subscriber at DailyRoto.com for all the projections, DraftKings tools, whatever, if you use the promo code THEPME, you get yourself 10% off any of their packages. And after you watch Monday's show, I think you're going to want to become a subscriber at DailyRoto.com. Jake Seeley, whose power went out and is by candlelight from the year 1877. What is going on, my friend? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was going to get good like backlight for you and everything like that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the power went out. I had nothing else to do, so I figured might as well still do this podcast. <laughs> That is amazing. You got the flickering. I have a good solution to this, though. So, yes, you you still look pretty good. I'm not going to lie to you, Jake. They're underneath the candlelight. But what if we just magically bring up something better to cover the viewers with? (laughs) There we go. Now you're looking good. Yeah, we could definitely go with that. That much much better. All right, so uh, starting with you, obviously people can just read you on theathletic.com. You got uh, the All In podcast. You got everything going on. People know what's going on with Jake Seeley. So I want to talk about Antonio Brown. He was back at practice on Tuesday. He's still going to file a grievance with the NFL on Friday. That's when it's going to be heard. 
What do we do with him? Because it feels like he's either going to be a wasted pick or he is the pick that wins you fantasy leagues. And I can't quite decide which side I want to land on because I'm being a coward with my ranking right now. (laughs) Initially, I was okay still taking him in the second round where I was taking him a month ago. I've been been doing second round this entire offseason because, as you know, we talked about it. I haven't projected for the most targets in the league. Uh, So I don't even care that it's Derek Carr. Uh, people forget that Derek Carr helped Antonio or Antonio, uh, Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree both be top 15 wide receivers in the same season a couple seasons ago. So I was there. I don't think I could do that now, I, uh, mostly because the grievance is happening on Friday. There's still another one. Yes, he was at practice today, but before this last go around, he was supposedly fine and posted on Instagram, happy to be back with the team. And then they had the preseason game and he was on the sidelines and all that type of stuff. It just, I'm I'm done with it at this point until he maybe reaches round four. Round four, I think I can invest there as long as I also haven't drafted Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, or somebody among that kind of risk. Round four feels appropriate. So would you play, this is where I have it right now, because I had initially bumped him down from tier two to tier three in the wide receiver rankings. And again, you can go check out all of these in the description or up on dkplaybook.com. Hit up my Facebook page. The entire draft kit is up there. So I'm looking at it right now. I had Antonio Brown at number 20. I dropped him to number 22 and I moved Mike Evans one spot ahead of him. But when I look at my rankings at receiver, like I have Keenan Allen, he's Looks like he might play week one. T.Y. Hilton, I don't know the status of Andrew Luck. I love Julian Edelman, but I just don't think you need to take him as highly. So I think that like back end of the second round, early third is where I still want to target Antonio Brown. I think that is very acceptable risk for, I'm still half convinced he's getting points off hard knocks and he's just fabricating this drama for ratings. And, And that's what I want to believe. And that's what I've been saying this entire time. But at the same point, I think the problem is, is why I'm not thinking until the earlier early round four is because what you said, this is a potentially wasted pick. But, I mean, but, like but, we have, it, but it could be a league winning pick too, and you're not going to get a discount on this quality of player very often. And if you're okay with burning your back end second round pick, then you know if you're not okay with that, then you don't take him. I think that's pretty clear. It's sort of like Todd Gurley in a way, yet I think that Brown is safer than Todd Gurley. At this point, I don't think he is. I mean, we have the video of him saying, look, look I'll, I'll happily sit out football, be done with football, and retire and pick up and everything. The, the dude's whacked out of his mind. Like, just be realistic about this and understand that the Steelers were certainly justified in moving on from them for what was basically a bag of chips. And the Steelers are looking like, hey, you guys made the right call because I, do, I, I would love to say you're right, but I don't think I can. And it's going to come down to everybody's decision. If you if you want to be like you're saying the end of the second round, early third round, I'm not going to say you're wrong to do so. I'm just at this point now, as somebody who was Team Antonio Brown this entire time, I'm just not doing it at this point just because you, you're right. It can be a league-winning pick, but look at last year's third and fourth round. There was other league-winning picks that weren't named Antonio Brown. It doesn't have to be Antonio Brown. Now, granted, you're right. And Antonio Brown, if you play 16 games, we know who Antonio Brown is. But at the same time, there are people in the third and fourth round who can win your league if everything cracks right for them. So would you go Mike Evans or Antonio Brown? At this point, and I'm not even a big Mike Evans fan just because of his hands. And I think Godwin's going to take a huge step forward this year. But I would, I would take Mike Evans. Yeah, I would take Mike Evans at this point as well. Would you take Keenan Allen or Antonio Brown? Because I think that's just a real decision people might have to have. 
I would take Keenan Allen. I would take T.Y. Hilton with Andrew Luck still up in the arrow because he practiced before the second game and took warm-ups before the second preseason game. So, obviously, look, you might have to make this decision before we get the third week in here, and maybe you're drafting Friday, maybe you're drafting before these games, and that's up to you. But at this point, I'm even taking T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I would go a few spots even farther. I, you're, I'm with you. I love Julian Edelman. I had Julian Edelman as a fringe wide receiver one, and I still ha- I barely, barely took away targets from him because basically Josh Gordon absorbed everybody else's targets, not Edelman's. So at today, you're right. You don't have to pay the cost. You could probably get Antonio and Edelman, but if you're telling me on the board who I feel better about, it's Edelman. <laughs> Yeah, I have Edelman at number 29 in my overall rankings. I mentioned I have Antonio Brown at number 23, actually. I'm going to keep him ahead of Keenan Allen. That's a risk I'm willing to take in that situation. But I did move Mike Evans ahead of him, Aaron Jones ahead of him, Josh Jacobs ahead of him, and Carrion Johnson ahead of him as running backs. I'd still take him over Todd Gurley right now, though. Yeah, I don't think I would at this point. But that's it, look, just don't, just don't pair the two of them. That's all you really need to do. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah, unless you want to go team all risk, team all upside, and just pray there's no downside that comes along with it. <laughs> take Andrew Luck and AJ Green and Melvin Gordon. Just just take them all. Uh, next one, you mentioned the key name, Josh Gordon. Uh, he has been reinstated. He gonna play. Um, and he was very successful in games without Rob, Rob, Rob Gronkowski a year ago, and it doesn't look like Gronk's coming back anytime soon. So what do we do with Josh Gordon as it pertains to the wide receiver rankings? I had initially slotted him in as a part of tier six around like Allen Robinson and Alshon Jeffrey. Is that too low for Josh Gordon? Because I uh, do th- no, actually, that, I think, well, depending on where you have other guys involved, that might be a little bit higher than what I, what I have that. I actually, I could tell you off the top of my head because we've talked about him so much this week. I, he ended up getting sandwiched between Sammy Watkins and Sterling Shepard for me as wide receiver 35. And that sounds like it's probably lower than you. And it's not because it's not, it's Josh Gordon. It's just, I am not at this point projecting Josh Gordon for 16 games. I just won't do it. It's not even the 16 games of the off the field issues is he's only played 16 games his rookie season. He's also had injuries that he's dealt, dealt with. So I, I can't. I just can't project him for that many. I projected him for about nine or ten. I don't remember off the top of my head. I have to go back and look because my computer's down. But what it all came out to is that's where his projections landed. I think that if you look at him, a lot of people are like, oh, you, you know, you're you're right in line with Mike Clay. Well, actually, mine are a little bit higher than Mike Clay's, but it's a good point of he's somebody that's on the same page. And I bring him up for the same pages. Mike Clay is known as very accurate in his projections as well. And we're both kind of taking that stance. You don't have to. You don't have to agree with this if you want to. The problem is, and you know this, Pat, is if you're team Gordon, you have to take him in the third or fourth round. If you're not, you're just not getting him. Somebody is going to take Josh Gordon in the third or fourth round. Yeah, so that's the I'm sort of on that. I, I'm much closer to you, like we talked about. I have him one spot behind Jarvis Landry, one spot ahead of Will Fuller and Corey Davis, uh, and just ahead of the Sterling Shepard, Sammy Watkins range that you talked about. But I think that's the tier that he's on behind Allen Robinson, behind Alshon Jeffrey, and then behind that other class of receiver that I really like the Mike Williams, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, DD Westbrooks of the world. Rather take those guys yes. than take Josh Gordon because if it, if you told me he played 16 games, he'd probably be a top 20 guy. He'd probably be on that those Rams level type receivers. But I'm with you. Like I can't count on Josh Gordon to play 16 games. That would be if you do. That's like what insane people would think. <laughs> it's a, all right, draft him with Antonio Brown. There you go. You just have just the all crazy person team with unlimited upside, and like you'll get a combined four games out of them or something. <laughs> bring back you play IDP and bring what was that dude from the Raiders that was insane and just tried to kill everybody every tackle 
Oh, uh, Bill uh, Romanowski. Yeah, Romanowski. There you go. <laughs> uh, Damian Williams. There's been a lot of talk, either really good or really bad. It seems like people want to have very polarizing takes on Damian Williams, and everyone's like, oh, all the backups are actually just better, and they're definitely going to play. Is he becoming a value <laughs> now? He is, because the truth is, it's, the truth is twofold here. Actually, it's threefold. I'll go to the third one first. The third one is there's now talk that Carlos Hyde might not make this team. So the entire point is something that you and I talked about a few weeks ago, and I've said before, is that Carlos Hyde, was the backup plan if Damian Williams fell on his face or got hurt. That's what they brought him in for, to be the, the guy if anything were to happen to Damian Williams. He's not impressing this team enough, the fact that they're now considering maybe they keep Darwin Thompson and Darrell Williams. So if you look at that, that's concerning, but that's good for Damian Williams. And then go back to Damian Williams, the other twofold part of it is, one, he is their guy. He's their guy. Yes, Darwin Thompson has looked great. And maybe take a flyer on Darwin Thompson late again in case Damian Williams gets hurt or falls on his face the first three weeks. But as of now, he is the guy, and he doesn't need to be 20-plus touches per game to be the guy and to be an RB1. Because if you look at Andy Reid, he always uses his main option the majority of the time. But that doesn't always mean 20-plus touches. Go back to Jamal Charles. Look at how many times Jamal Charles actually carried the ball 20 times in the game. It was a lot in the passing game as well. So you look at last season with Kareem Hunt. Even Kareem Hunt wasn't involved in a lot of third downs. As much as, or I should say as much as you would think for somebody that was as good as he was and led this team as much as he did. So I'm not that concerned. If, as long as Damian Williams is in the 15 to 18, 19 touch per game as the lead option – He's going to finish as an RB1 unless this offense and this team just falls apart. Would you rather draft Damian Williams or Todd Gurley? I'm, still, I'm taking Damian Williams. I've been taking Damian Williams the entire time. And if somebody wants to take Todd Gurley, no problem with that. I actually have one or two shares of Todd Gurley just because I know he can finish as the number one running back. But if you're telling me one specific league, so like you know, if I'm building one DFS lineup on drafting, I would actually go Damian Williams. Yeah, so in the rankings, I have it. Josh Jacobs, Carrion Johnson, Aaron Jones, Damian Williams, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon. That's where I'm going with it right now. Um, and you would take Darwin Thompson as the backup uh, if you were to draft one of these guys in the later rounds? Yeah, absolutely. Mostly because you're seeing well, what a lot of people, including myself, talked about when he came in this draft class. It's not just a solid pass catcher and good in spaces. He's tougher than you think he is. And you saw that one play where he dragged a defender for a good three more yards. If something happens, like, to be honest with you, Damian Williams if doesn't even have to fall on his face. If Damian Williams is averaging 3.3 yards per carry for the first three weeks, there is a chance Darwin Thompson just takes his job. So what round are you drafting Darwin Thompson in then? Uh, I think you're going to have to pay a lot more than you were three weeks ago, even two weeks ago. Uh, initially, he was basically free. You could take him in the 13th, 14th round. Now... Uh, I, I would probably say around Daryl Henderson range, you probably have to think about him in the eighth or ninth. All right. So if I'm going to move him up, which I had already done, but like uh, into this like tier seven, or maybe even higher, would you rather take, we both like Dion Lewis. Would you rather take Dion Lewis or would you rather take Derwin Thompson? I'd lean Dion Lewis, but I want both of them. I think they're both in that range of people. I, I don't get the disrespect. Actually, you know what? Take Darwin Thompson because you can still get Dion Lewis, Lewis later, later because yeah. yeah, even with Derrick Henry's injury, people still don't want him for some reason. LaShawn Le- McCoy or Darwin Thompson? Oh, uh, all of these guys. Hell, I'd take freaking his teammate Singletary before I took LaShawn McCoy. Would you rather take Tariq Cohen or Darwin Thompson? 
uh, Darwin Thompson. I'm legitimately concerned and believe the reports that Tariq Cohen might not see the touches he saw last year. Miles Sanders or Darwin Thompson? <sighs> if you're patient enough, actually, either way, I'll take Miles Sanders, but I'm taking Miles Sanders knowing the first three or four weeks might be ugly and you're going to have to be patient and probably not play him. Yeah, I, I mean, that's where I'm going to. I'm actually going to put him one spot ahead of Cohen, one spot behind Peyton Barber. I would still take Sanders at this moment too. I'm still just, I'm just enjoying everyone not wanting Peyton Barber. Not that like he, he's a target <laughs> or anything like that, but he's like a 13th round pick and he's a starting running back in in an offense that proje- that projects to be like really good. <laughs> no, that's because Pat. Even if Peyton Barber wins the lead job, you still lose because he's still Peyton Barber. People are drafting all these backup running backs that they're going to cut after week one. He is a guy that you can plug in. Listen, for all those years that like Frank Gore was a running back on the Colts and then just like on the Dolphins as well, and he wasn't very good, he was a perfect bench guy to have, especially in like a deeper league. Like if he plays well enough and he can understand this Aryan system and he can pass protect, he's just going to be on the field a lot. That he's usable if you need him. You don't ever want you don't ever want to have to start him, but if you have to, he's better than a guy you're going to pick up off the waiver wire just randomly no but that's why we've been rooting for ronald jones but you just mentioned one of the biggest issues there is ronald jones even if even if he was explosive and looked like the player from college the biggest concern he had coming out of college was the passing game not only just pass catching but also pass blocking if he doesn't get that and he hasn't gotten that this year your to your point he's not going to be the starter bruce arians is not going to put up with that no, and Bruce Arians, unless Andre Ellington just comes in and wins this job, I just feel like they're going to lean to the guy who's just like, if you can under, whoever can understand this offense the best, whoever can block the best, then all of a sudden, if he's just on the field a ton and this offense scores a bunch of points, he can hit double-digit touchdowns. It's not inconceivable. It's probably not going to happen, but it's in his range of outcomes if he's playing all 16 games. Uh, I would actually bet against that because I just think they're going to be passing. So I, 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 would be, I would bet against it too, but if he ends up with 22 carries inside the five-yard line or something, he could get there. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I don't think he even gets that. I think they're going to be passing so much that you just brought up the other name. I think Andre Ellington might just be in the passing downs and actually be in when they're inside the 10-yard line unless they're on like the two. Yeah, listen, just get him like 10 carries from the two and we're looking good. Andre Ellington's going to finish as a top 25 running back. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. No update on Zeke. I'm still taking it number four overall right now. I know other people are a bit hazy on that. Uh, although I am in a league where I have the first and fourth pick, I might actually take Hopkins at four over Zeke, only because I'll have secured one of the other top-end running backs, and I desperately need myself a, a top-end wide receiver on that keeper team. So Hopkins, if I get Barkley and I get Hopkins, I think I'm going to be okay with just avoiding uh. the risk of Ezekiel Elliott. But if I just had the fourth pick, I would take Elliott in that spot. But where are you? I drafting? think I still would. That's that's just too tempting for me to come out with Barkley and Zeke on the same team. I, well, I mean, I have my choice of anyone. I, I'm I've been at Barkley at number one for so long, but I just in the back of my mind, I was like, I should really take McCaffrey here. Kamara is not available, so maybe I don't even get a chance at Zeke or Hopkins, and I have to take Devonte Adams or something. I don't know. And may or maybe Adams is being kept. I have to look at all the keepers, but um, I think you would go with Barkley, right? I would. I, I look. I understand if you want the safer pick, let's be honest, Christian McCaffrey is safer. Like just, there's a chance that the giants offense just is abysmal, but it was pretty bad last year. And the offensive line was one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year and has made drastic improvements this offseason. Actually, Emory Hunt, I just wrote about it on the athletic today about how the offensive line is going to help more people than just Barkley, including Shepard and others. 
And Eli Manning looks terrible, but Eli Manning is still more capable. I mean, he looks better than Marcus Mariota. So, like, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, this offense could still be middle of the pack. And if it's middle of the pack, Saquon Barkley just on volume. I mean, I, is there any way he doesn't near 350-plus touches? No, unless he gets hurt. That's the only thing holding him back. Yeah. Like that, that's the biggest risk. He could be less explosive than last year. He doesn't need 2,000 total yards. That's tough to get to in back-to-back years. But this offense is putrid, and they are dealing with a banged-up Shepard, at least for even for a few weeks. Golden Tate's going to be out for four weeks. Then you have Evan Ingram as basically your lead guy. That could be like 10 targets a game for Saquon. Yeah, there's no question about it. That I mean, honestly, I almost said 400, tar- or 400 targets, 400 touches. <laughs> And I think that's in the realm. I mean, we, we're talking about Zeke doing it. Why, why isn't Barkley? And they've already made a con- concerted effort to keep him healthy because he's not even playing in the preseason. And as we were just speaking, I just pulled off a trade for DJ Moore. So I don't know if I want to. Then I'd have to get Cam. I'd have to have McCaffrey, DJ Moore, and Cam in my starting lineup. I think I'll just roll with DJ Moore. And hopefully some of the oh, offense goes through Come him. Come on. What? You're not getting into the Curtis Samuel hype train? I, I'm not really, to tell you the truth. I just think that DJ Moore is better. I, I'm with you. I actually think Curtis Samuel is going way too high where everybody is now buying all the risk because it still comes down to Cam Newton. Even if Cam Newton bounces back and gets close to his peak season that he had passing-wise, like, like, he's not going to do that again. Well, I don't want to say he's not going to, but the odds of that happening are maybe one in 10 seasons is pretty much is the case with Cam Newton. He's not a 4,000-yard passer even with that season. He's not a 35-touchdown pass. Like, if Christian McCaffrey is getting Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore is getting his Curtis Samuel needs to supplant DJ Moore as the number one, if he's going to be where people are drafting him. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, like I said, DJ Moore comes from better pedigree. I just think that he's a better route runner. I think he's a better receiver. And this isn't to say that I don't think that Samuel is good. I understand the case for Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore though, even right. as a rookie, he just looked electric. It still just seems like, Curtis Samuel is going to have these like big games because of his breakaway speed, the gadgetry that they try to use him with, especially if McCaffrey and Cam start running like you just run a reverse the other way. And then it's Curtis Samuel just walking down the sidelines for an 80 yard touchdown. (laughs) I get all that stuff. I just think on a week to week basis, I take the superior talent, the guy that's going to be more consistent and the guy who could really break out in year two. Yeah, I kind of consider Curtis Samuel as Deshaun Jackson as peak season. Yeah, and then he would have to have a peak season. Right, exactly. Um, Tony Pollard and Austin Eckler, where are you taking those guys today, not knowing the status of Zeke or Melvin Gordon? See, with Austin Eckler, and the reports are starting to back this up, I've been on the team of it's not going to be the workload that Melvin Gordon saw uh, just because you want to keep Eckler healthy, and Justin Jackson has shown enough that he deserves close to half, and there's even been reports saying it's going to be an even 50-50 split. I don't think it'll be quite that even just because Eckler is more talented, but I 55, 45. Well, obviously you've got to factor in like a third person. So, you know, 55, 40 or whatever it might be. I would still, I would still take Eckler first, but I'm not going to take him before probably the seventh round and Tony Pollard. I mean, he's, I think he's going to go over. I'm not going to own Tony Pollard at this point. Cause Tony Pollard, I was drafting, in the 12th, 13th round, because I still think Zeke plays. And if Zeke signs and he plays all 16 games, Tony Pollard is not going to be a thing. Tony Pollard, I said, if Zeke signs, if Zeke plays all 16 games, I'm going to say the same thing I said before. Pollard is going to be last year's Theo Riddick. Not even the good Theo Riddick. He's going to be the last year's Theo Riddick. 
Uh, he has he did play basically all of the snaps when Dak he did play all the snaps all 13 snaps that Dak played in the week two preseason game Tony Pollard was on the field so I do think that he would get the Zeke role which makes him a very valuable yeah. handcuff and you're correct if Zeke signs plays week one he's basically useless on your team but I'm starting to think in my mind trying to get the gears going where am I okay wasting a pick how deep into the draft am I good wasting a sixth mm. round pick am I tenth round I was gonna say seventh. Like, if I don't know wow. the Zeke situation, I think that there is enough upside in that situation where if it breaks your way, you're dealing with, like, a James Conner situation. And there's very few backups, yeah. like handcuffs in the league, that you can say, hey, this guy, when he's starting, I don't know how good he is, but he's in the perfect situation to come in and be a league winner. I think I'd be willing to take a zero from my seventh-round pick uh, in order to try to gamble on that upside. I think so. I mean, I haven't been in that no, spot that's... yet. We'll see this weekend when I get to the seventh round and Pollard's on the board if I have the guts <laughs> enough to pull the trigger. I don't know, but I'm thinking that I might. No, that, I think that's a really good point that you're making because as you're saying it, and I'm thinking about it, if you told me Zeke isn't signing and Zeke is sitting out till the week 10, 11, wherever it might be, is to still get that extra season, and I knew that, and I knew Melvin Gordon was out for the same amount of time. I'm taking Pollard over Eckler. So to your point, that means seventh round. Yeah, and like Eckler's usable either way, whether Gordon plays or not. But his his right. circumstance doesn't improve like Pollard's does, where Pollard becomes the guy where, like you mentioned, it's like at best 60-40 for Eckler, it feels like. Right. All right. Uh, we got some mailbag questions here, but I just want to throw some quick hitters out at you. You scared about Jimmy Garoppolo yet? <laughs> no, because I was never that high on Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm not trying like this. I'm not trying to be like, oh, look at me. But you, I think you and I talked about it. I kept saying this, I don't understand the Dante Pettis love because I think too many people are just assuming Jimmy Garoppolo is amazing, just assuming he's going to step in and have chemistry with Pettis and Kittle and Goodwin and D- Debo Samuel is a rookie and the backfield. Like, there's just so many questions here that we haven't seen enough of Garoppolo. He's rusty. He hasn't played. I'm not going to fault him too much for the interceptions in practice and looking terrible. I mean, he looked awful in that game. I'm not going to say he's going to be miserable and benched this season, but at the same time, this is why I, I don't own, I don't think, any 49ers just because everybody else was taking them before. the Actually, no, I, I own Debo Samuel because I could just get him so late. Yeah, Debo Samuel, plus like you might get special teams contributions from Debo in the return game. He can be sort of like a poor man's D.D. Westbrook this season uh, as a rookie. Yeah. And I, I listen, I'm not out on Garoppolo by any means. I still think he's going to be fine. It's his first real game action coming off a, a torn ACL. I think that he's going to progressively get better, but he might not be all that good coming out of the gate. Uh, and when we look at the backfield, Jarek has like started to return to practice a little bit. Uh, it's still Coleman. Like We're still okay with co- drafting Coleman in like, the fifth round, right? Yeah, I'm still I, I I'm team Coleman more and more as McKinnon's less and less practicing and less and less playing. And yeah, the, there's some reports that he's getting close, but I don't know. I saw one later this afternoon that said it might be because the plate the plate rich plasma whatever that was is, is still not that long ago. And if you timeline it out, he might even be on the pup to start the season. So I mean, that just makes you feel good about Tevin Coleman in general. One of the main reasons that I'm not super bullish on Keenan Allen, or at least his health, is that the Chargers went outside Dontrell Inman today, which doesn't seem like anything, but the fact that they're adding familiar wide wide receiver depth to this team, and they could use some depth, because right now, if, let's say, Allen doesn't play, Keenan Allen doesn't play, it's Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, and Travis Benjamin as the starter. So having another body in there, Inman was fine with the Colts last year. But I think that is somewhat telling that, 
they're at least hedging a little bit in case Allen isn't ready for the start of the year. I don't think so. I'm the other way. I just I just think it is because what you just said, he's got the familiarity with the team and everybody besides Benjamin or behind Benjamin sucks. Like I don't I think Dylan Cantrell either got hurt or he's just been ter- like they they look at their depth chart. It's there's nobody behind Benjamin. And Benjamin, even though we just talked about him on the other show and I said he's great in basketball, even though I hate the basketball argument, but that's all he's worth is he's still Travis Benjamin. That's that's what you only wanted him for. So I, I understand where you could come from that angle, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I don't see it as a Keenan Allen worry. I just see it as the fact that their depth chart was abysmal. I'm worried. Plus, as we'll find out, a quick tease for the AFC win total show on Friday, Tim has picked the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. So everything that can go wrong for the Chargers <laughs> will go wrong for the Chargers. <laughs> and you can watch Feinberg melt you can watch Feinberg meltdown in real time. They're now getting the first pick in the draft. <laughs> yeah. They'll have to draft their QB of the future first overall next year. Somehow they end up just playing Tyrod Taylor for four straight years after Phillip Rivers quits football mysteriously for some reason. Uh, is, <laughs> is Jordan Howard the least talked about player in fantasy entering the year? Uh, I don't know if he's the least talked about. I think he's more so the least cared about just because he's Jordan Howard. He's not that good. And as of today, that's why, to go back to your Miles Sanders question, this is why I said you're going to have to be patient with Miles Sanders, and I'm almost willing to, as you know, somebody else draft him and then go try and get Sanders in a cheap trade or maybe see somebody so frustrated that they even drop him foolishly. But to start the season, Howard's going to be in the mix, and there's a chance, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's a chance that he really leads that backfield. Again, it's Doug Peterson. It's this entire backfield of Darren Sproles came back to this team. There's going to be four options, maybe even five. I can't, I can't see the team keeping that many or keeping that many active, but it's going to be a mess to start the season. And Howard could be the lead in that and could get the goal line carries. It's just, do you want some, I mean, what, what do you want him for? Do you want him for three weeks? Do you want to get excited? No, it's, it's because Jordan Howard's just kind of eh, at running back. He's just the eh, running back. Yeah, he's almost in the Peyton Barber mold, except for Peyton Barber has a clear path to getting goal line touches, and Jordan Howard and a better pass catcher. Yeah, and he and Jordan Howard might get one of every three for all we know. It just—I don't even know where he's going in drafts because I never think about him. Like I just assume he goes undrafted sometimes, which I just (laughs) cannot be the case. But I'm (laughs) guessing like 13th round. Like I've—I've yet to hear anyone out there in the world, even like his brother, talk about. Yeah, he—he might be pretty good this year logically he could be (laughs) no the problem is is like he's going before that it's just anybody who writes up a draft or is in the draft or sees the draft it's just when he goes usually like i'd say i think it's more like the eighth or ninth round if i remember correctly off the top of my head i might be wrong i can't look it up while we're on the show uh the fact is is nobody's sitting there going oh wow good good pick on jordan howard everybody's just kind of like uh yeah, I'm glad you took him instead of me. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's yeah, he's not going to be the good pick guy or the ooh kind of guy that you get from the room if you're drafting. And he's also the guy if like someone is auto drafting on your online thing because your friend just forgot when the draft was. He's the guy who's at the top of the queue for the longest time because no one else <laughs> wants to take him. He's he's still there while like the kickers are populating the top. 
Yeah, and just like, oh, yeah, don't worry. It's going to default to the auto-draft guy. Like, we we have a rule in our Keeper League that you're not allowed to auto-draft, that if you don't make the draft or nominate a proxy to draft for you, it's room consensus on who you get. Now, we try not to do it in terms of, you know, just to make you have the shittiest team possible. We try to go off, like, we basically <laughs> just look at the ADPs of where the picks are and be like, we all kind of come to an agreement and give them the player that no one else wants. That guy would definitely have Jordan Howard on their team this year. That's fair. You should give it, you should go back and give them that team we were talking about before. Yeah, exactly. I'm just looking right now. PPR ADP for Jordan Howard. Where are you at, Jordan Howard? Oh, that's OJ Howard. 91st overall, an eighth round pick. Wow. Yeah, I was right. He's he's going ahead of Kalen Blage and Josh Gordon and oh, Sammy Watkins nice. and Njoku and Shepard and Duke Johnson. I'd take all those guys over him. So would I, even though Duke Johnson's still banged up i still every single person you named is going over jordan howard at least when i'm drafting hey duke johnson returned to practice with his hamstring injury today so he's good to go let's get to some viewer cues you ready sure i asked the people for their questions and i'm just gonna throw out some of the better ones here favorite dart throw this is from jimmy clausen the clossomy bag former notre dame quarterback thanks for watching pal um alexander <laughs> madison justice hill damian harris or darwin thompson i would say darwin thompson but he's not really a late round guy anymore he's getting buzzed so my answer i guess is justice hill if you're looking for like a last round pick completely agree and what was up with jimmy clausen by the way tell me it didn't look like when god made his face he squished everything into a little like too much little tiny space there you, you remember that i don't i just remember tim said that he was the qb of the future no, it's like God forgot that like he was spreading out his eyes and everything and his nose and that, and he forgot. He just it was like all in the center. But in any case, I'm 100% with you. It's it's Darwin Thompson. I'm on Justice Hill, but Justice Hill is not. I don't think Justice Hill is as much threat as everybody thinks because you know we already talked about this and you're not going to agree because it involves Mark Ingram. But on the flip side, it always makes me think back to something that you and I have said for years on end, and it started years and years and years ago with Justin Forsythe. You remember and you know what I'm about to say. It's not even Justice Hill. It might be Gus Edwards again because it's always the person on the Ravens that nobody wants that ends up being the best running back. Does that mean we get another year of the Gus bus? Next stop, end zone. Get your tickets. It it might be Kenneth Dixon's year, finally. (laughs) No, didn't Kenneth Dixon, like, blow his knee in the preseason? Didn't that happen? Or did I imagine that happening? I thought he was in the last game. I might be wrong. I wasn't wasn't paying that close attention to Kenneth Dixon. Kenneth Dixon, he caught a pass and he hurt his knee. Missed two practices, not projected to see consistent snaps. Final roster projection, not expected to make it. Yeah, he hurt his knee in the preseason game. I, I, I thought it. Oh looked- well, there you go. Like, perfect. He's going to be the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to be the guy. He'll be playing on crutches and he'll be fine. Um, this question from Evan: Superflex Dynasty League, earliest round you'd take Josh Allen. I said first overall. Oh wow! But- I actually saw your response to this one on one. Here's the truth. And I hate to kind of hedge this, but I, I want to explain it for everybody because there's a strategy out there. It, there's not a blanket answer for super flex drafts. The best thing I will say is I would think about Josh Allen before the eighth round. I'd probably even consider him fifth, sixth, depending on my draft. But the point being is you might be able to wait longer than that. When I'm in a super flex, whether it's dynasty or regular, I let somebody else be the first person to take a quarterback unless Mahomes falls to the third. Then I'll take, obviously, I'll take Mahomes in the third in a super flex. But let somebody else be the first to jump, see two or three more quarterbacks go off the board, and that's where I start thinking about it. And then I usually double tap to get two quarterbacks within the top 15. 
Okay, so even in a super flex dynasty, like realistically somewhere in the first five rounds then for Josh Allen, probably first four? Uh, you probably, your average league probably has to go that early. I'd, I'd try to prefer and get him in the fifth or sixth, but you might have to go that early just because of his rushing upside. Darwin Thompson or Ty Montgomery? Who would you roll with in PPR this season? I think we're both on Team Darwin here. Oh, 100%. Unless Le'Veon Bell gets his knee blown up in the first week, Ty Montgomery's not going to have that much value. I know everybody's excited about it, but the Le'Veon Bell situation, they're pulling the same thing as the Giants with Saquon Barkley. Ty Montgomery's not stealing touches from Le'Veon Bell. No, and even if Le'Veon Bell blows out his knee or never plays a game, I don't think that all of a sudden that Ty Montgomery is the guy who takes over. It'd probably be Thin Lizzie McGuire. It would be both of them, and then we see Ty Montgomery get hurt if they tried to give him 20 touches just like he did when he was with the Packers. Like, we've learned that lesson before. Hopefully the NFL teams have learned that lesson. Yeah, we're getting a lot of, like, just because so much media is in New York, we're getting so much, like, smoke blown up the ass of some of these Jets and Giants players that just don't believe it. It's all fake news. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually surprised that, like, that the Jets weren't going to the Super Bowl for Andrica. Yeah, I know. Uh, Brian asks, it's the first time he's doing a two-quarterback league. Should both quarterbacks be taken in the first few rounds? Unless you have like the very, very top-end picks and you can get one of those four running backs, Elliott included, and I do have a cutoff at four because I would take a quarterback before I took David Johnson, I'm big on going out and getting two elite quarterbacks in two quarterback leagues. I know the proper method is to not do that, but every two-QB league I've ever played in where I've done that, I've done really well. When I don't do that, I don't do very well. No, I, I'm actually with you on this. To, to be different from the question from before, which is super flex because you have that room where if something goes wrong with your quarterback or you even drafted three and goes wrong with two of your quarterbacks, you still have the flexibility. You don't have to start a quarterback. The biggest thing with two quarterbacks is you have to start two and you have to have a third option because the bye weeks matter because you still have to start two. So I'm with you. Is uh, I, I would go four running backs and then Mahomes, 100% with you on that. And to be honest with you, I'm coming out of the first three rounds with two quarterbacks if it's me. Uh, Nod asks, would you swap picks from the one spot to four or five to avoid the long wait to pick 24? I think with this Elliott news, I think you just keep the one in that spot. If it was to three, I would say yes. Uh, if it's to four, yeah. as of right now, no. Uh, if you are as confident as I am in Zeke, then four, I don't blame you, but that's a huge risk to take. I mean, even as confident as I am, I'm with you. I'd rather drop to three and then just, you don't have to worry about it. Jumping to four. I mean, you just, you, I mean, if you're going to jump to four, you might as well just jump to the back of the round because you just absorb so much risk. Anyway, you might as well stay at one. Like you said. Yeah. Now if Zeke signs tomorrow and this option's still available, go by all means, go to number four. If you know, Zeke is definitely yeah. playing, but I don't understand why you would inherit that risk of him not playing. Cause that's on the table when you don't have to, and you can get a guy who's equivalently the same, but doesn't have that risk. Exactly. Uh, will Amari Cooper be consistent this year? I don't see why this would be the year. He's already dealing with plantar fasciitis, which he says is fine, which apparently I gave out like how not to cure plantar fasciitis last time uh, when the show was on. But either way, uh, no, I don't think that he's going to be consistent. He's going to have huge games. He's going to have bad games and you're going to have to deal with it. Yep. Uh, I actually, so two things. I saw that tweet in response to you or actually us, I guess, where it was like, hey, well, actually, this is how you treat plantar fasciitis. Uh, so that that was interesting. Like, hey, we learned something new, but I, I didn't, we talk about this on the show. And I said that, that Amari Cooper in the two and three touchdown game combined, those two games were more than the other five combined. And it wasn't, it wasn't even like a close. It wasn't like, Oh, it was three points better. 
So he was still Amari Cooper. He was just slightly better Amari Cooper. No, Amari Cooper is not going to be consistent. Uh, Brandon asks, who are some QBs and tight ends with good week one and week two matchups for streaming? Like, I fucking looked at that. Good God. Um, <laughs> we'll be doing a week one ranking show. So that's yeah, something. I mean, with the- that, that's what we always do. I mean, obviously, I like I don't know the schedule. Exactly. I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. I'll look at the schedule after my final rankings are out for the week before that. And then when I have to make my weekly rankings, just like you do. And then I'll double check. Like, I know maybe the Dolphins, whoever they're playing or yeah, whoever they're playing. But is, is Dallas Dolphins the first week or is it not till the second or third week? You say Dallas Dolphins? Dallas yeah, pl- don't the, the Dallas has the Dolphins in one of the first three games. Well, the Giants are at Dallas week one, so that's not it. No, so Although, it's not them. They just play Jason Witten. He scores two touchdowns every time he plays New York. That is true. So just And they want to get him back integrated into this offense, and they might not have Zeke. There's the play. <laughs> okay, uh, I swear I just saw something out of the corner of my eye run across the room, but oh well. Is it a mouse? Is it a ghost? I think I would have heard a mouse. Yeah, well, I mean, you look like you're in an episode of Scooby-Doo already. It's probably just a guy wearing a rubber mask, so watch out. Oh, look at you. You're in, you're in the darkness over there. Well, wait, real quick on that. Was Scooby-Doo, like, the, the most worthless? Like, actually, him and Shaggy, were, like, they're the most worthless teammates ever. <laughs> I mean, they were just out back getting stoned the entire time, so I don't know. They're so sick. Like, what the hell were they doing on this team, on this squad, whatever you want to call them? They're, they they're had, the worst listen, teammates Listen, Preppy Freddy needed a friend to blame carrying around weed on. It's just like when I got caught with weed in the back <laughs> of my car in high school, and I blamed it on my burnout friend. It was clearly mine, uh, but, you know, my parents felt like, yeah, that makes a lot of logical sense. It is probably that guy's. He's not welcome over here anymore, and then poor Dave could never <laughs> come over anymore. So, sorry, Dave. Sucks to be you. Don't be a burnout. Or at least proceed, <laughs> throw out the appearance that you're a burnout. Uh, that's, what, that's what Fred was up to, keeping Shaggy and Scooby around. Uh, if presented, would you draft two wide receivers from the same team, i.e. the Rams wide receivers or the Tampa wide receivers? I mean, yes, I would try not to, but if that was the best value that was left, I wouldn't hate having Evans and Godwin on my team, to tell you the truth. 100%, and that goes for wide receiver and running back, too, which I seem to get a lot of questions about that this year. It's just interesting. Uh, and a lot of it's turned out to be because, like, Antonio Brown, and some people have been able to get Antonio Brown in the third, and then Josh Jacobs somehow is still there in the fourth. And the thing is, like, I don't ever look to do it, but I'm not going to run from it if it's the best value. I will try to avoid it if there's a tie break there where if it's, you know, Antonio Brown and Mike Evans are both on the board and I already have Josh Jacobs. Not that that would happen, but I'm just using it as an example. I would go Mike Evans to split the difference. Yeah, no, I, I'm exactly with you. That would be a tiebreaker for me. If I had one guy on a team already and there was an equivalent player, I would take the guy on the other team. But if I were to do that, that if I had Evans and I had Godwin on the same team, I would make sure I got Jameis because I'm all in on that offense at that point. That If it's going to work, if, th- if both those guys are good enough that my team is good, I want the guy throwing him the ball at that point. You don't want Peyton Barber and O.J. Howard just go all in? I mean, maybe O.J. Howard. If I'm just going to bank on the entire receiving game, I probably don't want the guy who doesn't really catch passes and would take away points from my other guys. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see here. Next question. Would you draft Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? I would take David Johnson. Uh, this, was this the one that you said is if only you could check the rankings or something like that? No, there was one. It was like a, he wants like an in-depth breakdown of like two different players that like we went over on the last show. Like just... Uh, instead of getting a one word answer you can have like a five minute answer from it <laughs> okay i was i thought we were gonna uh, hashtag check the link this person i i would go Le'Veon bell barely ahead of david johnson but 
it, like that's tit for tat. We uh, we broke. You want your in depth ex- explanation? You and I did that on your show. What was it two weeks ago? Where yeah. it was we poked holes in all those running backs. Yeah, that, that was the whole. That was the the thought experiment that we did. What are the cases against all of these guys? And we went through that. So I believe that was two weeks ago. If you want to check out the shows, Edelman versus T Y Hilton and PPR. I have T Y Hilton one spot ahead of him, but with Edelman going like a round and a half later, I'm definitely ending up with more Edelman. I have them one spot yeah, apart. Well, that, I was about to say. Both. Yeah. You don't have to. Uh, you can wait around and get both of them. All right. Who should we fade based on the insane person's favorite players? The entire Jets offense. <laughs> <laughs> does he love everybody on the Jets? So I guess does he love Robbie Anderson or Jamison Crowder? He loves both of them. He thinks that they're both. Well, he called Robbie Anderson a top ten NFL receiver, and Jamison Crowder, despite never playing sixteen games, he said this is the year. So you know how that's going to turn out for poor Jamison Crowder. Uh, would you so keep Jamison Crowder's toast after week two, and then <laughs> Robbie Anderson's going to catch like forty balls for six hundred yards and two touchdowns? Yeah, exactly. Uh, or it'll be like they'll they'll sign someone off the street, and that guy will be awesome, and no one owns him. Would you keep in a non-PPR league Sony Michelle for $7 or Christian McCaffrey for 50 I would actually keep McCaffrey. Uh, I would too, but if you kept Michelle and went back after McCaffrey, look, you got to look at it this way. I could see the case for taking Michelle because he's coming at a bigger discount, and if McCaffrey goes for 54 it's not as big as the discount you're getting on Michelle. I, I guess that kind of comes down to knowing the league and knowing for how much the top three running backs go. I find in casual home leagues that the high-end running backs usually go for over 60 bucks. Usually. Usually. usually you're, you're definitely right. But, I would play um, the averages on that one and say that McCaffrey probably goes for 60. Sony Michelle, unless you're, like, you're in a Boston league, that he probably goes for like 14 or 15 if you want to get him back. Yeah, which, that's exactly what I was thinking on the 14, their 13 or 14 was actually. So to your point, if that's what you're thinking and thinking you can go for 60, then the answer is McCaffrey. Yeah, I think that just the premium that comes with McCaffrey. And then you have one of the top four running backs, which is also just a nice safety to have. Right. Uh, Next one, rank the wide receiver duo finishing with the most points. You got Julio and Ridley, Evans and Godwin, Diggs and Thielen, Woods and Cooks. I'd say Diggs and Thielen uh, are atop that list. Uh, You know what? It's Diggs and Thielen, but it's by the slimmest of margins because I am legitimately – Concerned about those last couple games and thinking they're going to be run, running the ball more this year, but not, I mean, we're not talking to the Seattle Seahawks or anything like that, but I think it's all those guys. If you pair the two are going to be neck, neck, neck and neck. Like I, I don't even really think you need to debate. Yeah. I mean, Woods and Cooks have another guy there. So I think it takes away from their bottom line. I mean, they definitely have the bigger floor or deeper floor, but I mean, honestly, like Goodwin, or, I mean, Godwin, sorry. Godwin is going to be top 20, in my opinion. So, if Evans is top 10, does that close the gap of Thielen and Diggs finishing 13 to 14? Yeah, so like, I, 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 just, I think it's between those two, Diggs and Thielen and Evans and Godwin. Like, Julio and Ridley could have that, but that could be just because of Julio. <laughs> yeah, the Ridley thing is, I don't see Ridley doing it if Devontae Freeman's healthy for 15 or 16 games. Yeah. Uh, James Washington, ceiling and floor. I'm going to turn this over to you, the James Washington expert. <laughs> the ceiling for James Washington is top 20 because if he took over the number two job, he's on the Steelers and the number two job on the Steelers means more than it does on most teams. And James Washington is actually a really good deep threat with more skills than people think. However, as of today, that job is Dante Moncrief. And so the floor is he never gets the number two job. 
And as of right now, he's battling Deontay Johnson. And if you look at the snaps from the last game, the snaps from the last game are concerning for one thing is that he didn't spend a lot of time on the field with Ben Roethlisberger. So that tells us Donovan Moncrief is locked into the number two role. And it also tells us that Deontay Johnson is breathing on his neck. So the floor is he's not even relevant this year. So there you go. The upset, it's, it's an enormous gap. We're talking about top 20 potential wide receiver. We're talking about somebody you don't even want to pass. I would say that he's like a last second to last round pick at best. Yeah. I, like, and I, you know, I love James Washington talent wise, but I'm not, even as somebody likes him, I'm not taking him until probably, like you said, the 12th, 13th round, just because, I mean, he could easily be dropped for your week one roster. Yeah. Absolutely. Does a guy like Lamar Jackson still have appeal in a league that scores two for 25 instead of one? Is his rushing ability enough to counteract the lack of passing yards? I guess that means instead of getting one point for 25 yards passing, you get two. Then no, I would not take Lamar Jackson in that league. No, that's basically similar to a hit for six points for a passing touchdown versus four. What it does for quarterbacks is it basically inflates the entire position except Four running or like quarterbacks that are like running quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, who also have low touchdown or low, low yardage totals. So you actually could be concerned about Kyler Murray as well. Or like I said, Josh Allen falls into this group. Heck, even and not that anybody's drafting him at this point, but like even Jimmy Garoppolo. What if Jimmy Garoppolo only throws? Kirk Cousins too. What if they both only throw for thirty-seven hundred yards and twenty-five touchdowns? So uh, that's more like it inflates the position, and you just got to look at for the people who have the low floors, and those are the ones that hurts the most. Jake Seeley from The Athletic at All In Kid on Twitter. Twitter, since this is the last time we'll talk before the Week One ranking show, I think at least. What do you got for us here? Do you got anything else that we need to talk about before people get to the drafts? I feel like we've got people pretty ready here. I think so, too. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you got the Olin Sports Podcast and Sports on the Field at The Athletic in case anything breaks while you're on vacation. We're covering all the same stuff as well. The rankings are going to be updated on Monday. If, if any breaking news, they'll be updated before that. And then again, all the way up until that final Monday. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Still no power. I don't know if you want to do one more shot, but it's gotten dark in here. Yeah, well, let's see. Oh, yeah. It looks like you're having a campfire. You need to get some s'mores on the go. It's actually pretty warm in here, too, because it was 90 degrees with 90-plus humidity today, so it's, it's already starting to steam up in here. I mean, it's getting getting steamy with Jake. You can do the U-Porn after show. You're good to go here. You already got the, <laughs> the, the bad resolution camera. We're good. <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on that, but thanks. Yeah, web- Webcam Jake. You ever need some extra cash? Webcam Jake is where it's at. Follow at Webcam Jake on Pornhub.com. You can also check him out on The Athletic as well. I told Whoa, you. Wait, wait, wait. What? Hold on. Webcam Webcam all in, kid. I mean, it's a kind of like a pornish name inside there anyway. There you go. And I'm telling you, you'd be making bank. Nothing. People want to see more <laughs> than like Seely stroking it here on Pornhub. We're good. <laughs> That was a little too much. Sorry. <laughs> All right. At the PME is where you can follow me. I mean, my Pornhub channel is just free for everyone. No one watches it. No one wants to see me. It's all about Jake these days. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. I told you how you can get into the draws for the 20 DK bucks. I told you about the Daily Roto promo code at the, P- or the PME for 10% off. Any subscription that you want to get from them, play in the Gups Corner Super 7 Spread Contest at GupsCorner.com. And that'll do it. Hit the description or DK playbook for all of the updated rankings. I will be updating the rankings every single day. So don't worry about that. We got some awesome shows. They're already recorded coming at you. Spread the show around, people, please. 
I told you, if you want to stop watching the show, just get two other people to watch it, then you're off the hook for ever having to watch it. My audience grows. And I'd be grateful if you would tell a friend. All right? I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. Good luck. Fantasy Football 2019. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!